So football's done, and that's a bummer. The, the game ended in such a, I don't want to say disappointing way. It was a really thrilling game, but it ended in such a, oh. Yeah. Okay, even with my Chiefs bet, and I bet the Chiefs heavy, mm-hmm. I still felt like, uh, dis- like a- yeah, I just, I wanted to see the Eagles drive. I've mentioned this to people before, even with betting. It's like, you're not, I don't think most people bet for the actual win. They're betting for the the feeling, you know, the, the juice. they're betting for the juice. <laughs> and so once the Chiefs won, I, I was like, ah, oh, lame. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we'll get into the game in a second. I asked Dalish Forfar to stay here for a couple minutes. For for a couple reasons. Hello. Good, good morning. Hi. Thank you for staying, even though you're welcome. Like you could not have wanted to stay. No. <laughs> I, mean, really, I want to go home. I want to go home. But for you, it's, anything, J- JD. I know you. Uh, you do hosting. Although, yeah, yeah. Once I saw you down at the, you were you were outdoor down at practice? City Hall. Yeah. Yeah, doing outdoor practice with yeah, the yeah. It was belts. really fun. Yeah. Okay. So that was like added duty for you. Yeah, I did both days actually. Yeah. Normally, you just uh, you're doing the. I just stuff. do this. <laughs> no, I mean like the. All right, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, so. yeah. No, it was really great. It was I good. thought it was just you. You were only confined to the actual home games. Now I'm looking at it, going, "Whoa, she's even doing." Even I do more. exit the arena at times. Yeah, that's too. that's what I'm saying. Okay, so you're doing the show. So <laughs> I'm not going to keep you too long. Mm-hmm. I just have a couple of things for you. One okay. is that when I entered the studio today. You and Justin Cuthbert were discussing payment of a bet. Yes. <laughs> but okay. No, now but, it lives on two podcasts. You brought her on to roast you. Yeah. No, I'm not, you lost 200 bucks. No, I'm not. That's, this is the thing. I'm not roasting her. Okay, good, good, good. I have a couple of thoughts on this. So for this audience, mm-hmm. this podcast. Should I explain? Yeah. So tell, tell a story that you uh, okay. said today. Quickly, Why we, you owe Justin we made a, a Super Bowl prop sheet, which you could have played along on Google Forms with. Great. And he submitted a couple. He's like, hey, add a couple of these questions. And they mm-hmm. sucked. And I, <laughs> one of them was, will the Chiefs do a ring around the Rosie? And I said, this is the dumbest. I'm not putting this in the prop sheet. I'm holding myself to a higher standard. Mm-hmm. You'll see why this sucks in the end for me. And, we know um, why it does. Yeah. yeah. And so I said <laughs> to him, I said, this is so stupid. I'm not adding that. I said, I'll give you 200 bucks if the Chiefs do the ring around Rosie because I felt so confident. Anyway, last night I'm watching and they do a small version of the ring around the Rosie, but nonetheless, a real ring around the Rosie. And obviously, Justin has the receipts. He screenshotted our message and he tweeted it. Now oh, I it was him, in text. Yeah. And now I owe him $200 okay. for the stupidest thing ever. Okay. So a couple thoughts here. One is he claims you said it multiple times. You're sticking I to... Said it in, I said it over text and he has the screenshots. And then one time in, in the room, we were okay. talking between breaks. His audio and screenshots. No, but it wasn't on... Reco- the record button wasn't on. So yeah. really, did it happen? I don't know. You could Photoshop yeah. anything these days yeah. too. Okay. Well, here's the thing. No, don't pull that. <laughs> I know, I'm so bitter. <laughs> don't pull that. Uh, I have two thoughts. One is how much is too much money to bet Amongst colleagues, that is too much money. I, I agree. <laughs> I thought fifty bucks as a joke, but I said two hundred because I had no idea it was going to happen. Okay, but obviously. this is this is where you were in the wrong. I crossed the line. No, this is where you were in the wrong because it, it wasn't a bet necessarily because like you weren't getting no, anything no, no. back if there wasn't one. Like he didn't give you odds. Decision. It was just a confidence bet almost. So if you're paying, if if you're playing any game of like you should be out of it, these are the two cards you have to play. One is that. Forking over two hundred dollars to a college. That's actually ridiculous. Well, it's like that's going to cause friction. So, for the sake of the show, Cuthbert should not accept you, this did money. For the show, did you hear what he uh, yeah, offered? Yeah, he said in something back? like, "I'll take everyone to brunch and I'll pay," but that's kind of yeah. So, I think we should void the bet. Yay! <laughs> oh, it's over. Well, okay, but here's where you're. Here's where the problem lies for you, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Anybody can weigh in on this. You said a like. 
a realistic amount. You weren't like, I'll give you a thousand dollars. What if you I know? said that though? No, if you said that, if, but then but I thought that's what I'm saying. No, that's implied joke. Yes, if joke. you said a thousand dollars, an amount that's kind of like I guess I should hold it. you to it. I know I screwed you hit up big this, time. It's below the bar of like unrealistic. Like and if it's I said like, five hundred okay, bucks, like, yes. he's like, no, of course, two hundred yeah. is like it sucks for you, but you kind of said two hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, but I saw I saw his face. And he was like, "You're serious." I know. He was like, "I no, want that." No, he's not messing around. Yeah. And I tried to get him. I said, "Justin, I want that 200." I said, "I'm getting a puppy soon. I'm not gonna be able to afford it." And he, he's what? Like, he doesn't care. Wow, puppy. what a heartless guy. Well, no, I tried to like milk. I said, "You know, I'm I'm struggling for it's rent is expensive in Toronto, and like I'm not taking the TTC because I'm worried, so I'm Ubering." I tried every excuse under the book, and he said, "No, you're giving me 200 bucks." I like how you're like. I thought that was going, I'm not taking the TTC. I'm trying to save money. I'm walking. Instead, you were like, I'm doing a far more expensive form of <laughs> yeah. transportation. That is I buy, That's completely so unnecessary. And I could actually shoes. cut that from my budget immediately and pay this like nope, quickly. Nope. I could cycle giving, for way cheaper. I'm certainly okay. giving him $200, unfortunately. Uh, so I, I think what you do is mm-hmm. you don't give him the $200 so that he gets the credit for the brunch. I think what you do is you you just take the team out for brunch. But then he pay. wants the rest of the $200. No, that's what I'm saying. No, he does not get that. That's the compromise. No, the compromise is 100%. Hey, I'm taking your word. No. JD's on my side. No, this is, the, I'm telling you, there's just, <laughs> if if one of these guys had to owe me 200 bucks, I, weird, I couldn't right? accept it. It's too weird. It's like, it's a I lot don't, yeah, a it's a colleague bet. That's too much for a colleague bet. Yeah. Like Ennis and I used to do hundred dollar bets all the time, mm-hmm. but it was, that's what we would go for beers after a show. Yeah. So essentially it just turned into, Hey, you lost this bet. And then it was never, it would always kind of be like a roundup. Like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I got these beers. This bill came to like 75 bucks. Yeah, whatever. I tipped. That's the bet. Great. Right. Done. Yeah. So I, personally, my advice is don't lay heavy bets with friends and family. No, I will never. Unless the only ones that I really love are like my friends, Sean and Braden, every year have just a standing big money bet of who will have the, who will go farther or have the better season the Jets of the Niners. Oh, okay. That's fun. And so it's just... That Jets fan's probably broke right now. Oh, he, he's not doing so hot. <laughs> he's not doing so hot. <laughs> yeah, he's not doing so hot. from the competition But it's funny because year. the bet started when we were back in university and the Jets were... Just for good. Rex, Rex Ryan. It's all coming maybe, back maybe to bite them now. Down. No, no, they haven't even done no, <laughs> I'm trying out the No, I'm pretty sure that Bray is up big time. And Bray is not the kind of guy that's letting him off the hook when it comes to money. Um, okay, well, so, I'll I like those when, when you've got like real friends, you're making good money and you're making like long bets that aren't on one game. Yeah. Because one game's too hot. Yeah. You know, you got to have it stretch out and feel like you're getting your money's worth over the course of a season if you're betting with somebody or it's like down the line. Or if it's like historical too. Like you've done it year after year that it's like... Yeah, that- also, I got to say, and I've been guilty of being this person at times... There's nobody worse than the person that's like, you want to bet all the time? And you're like, okay, mm. just let me have a take or an opinion <laughs> without... Or put money on it? So, yeah, no, it, I just wanted to speak. Yeah, Thank it, you. yeah, exactly. I just thought I could say something without having to back this financially. So Anyway, it's my fault, but I like your spin on it. You you take people to brunch. That's the compromise. You pay for the brunch. We'll see if he agrees to this. He, he has to. Here's I'll send the thing. him the link for the uh, podcast. He's getting a free meal. As the arbiter of this, I, I, he has <laughs> the to. The arbiter? Okay. Yeah. I'm glad that you have assigned yourself to that because yeah. it's a win for me. No. Um, two. Yes. This is my other quick question because mm-hmm. this is a really tough thing to do when it's just like three white guys trying to weigh in on Rihanna's halftime show. Nice. Um, <laughs> why, did like it be the girl. why did it become... Beyonce versus Rihanna. Like, I didn't understand I this. I do agree. I saw that. I saw a tweet. I think Jackie even put it out there. I, l- listen, everybody was putting it out there. It, yeah. genu- it was like, I was just watching the Rihanna halftime show. And then I'm having a fine time. All I'm thinking about is, wow, her catalog is super deep because. Mm. Yeah, Incredible. I, I, oh, it was a banger after hit. Banger. It was. Yeah. I will say, yeah. So she is pregnant, right? She's confirmed pregnant, okay. yes. <laughs> 
That was the riskiest yeah, part of the show today. JD has sweat beating on uh, his forehead. Like, right oh, now. please don't have that wrong. Don't worry, I confirmed no, multiple but, times so, before I said that too. No, because I think some people were criticizing that the actual performance itself was a little She's bit got underwhelming. Got a baby in her. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Which and I gotta say, I actually don't think it was that underwhelming because. I I she was cool. flying in the sky That's what it was kind of sick. on wires, and I felt yeah. sick to my stomach watching it. So, that, so I felt that, too, where I don't really love heights. I don't like standing no. on a no, no, condo thanks. balcony that's nope. too high. <laughs> and so the idea of having to sing in front of on a platform. You know, millions of people. And, and it swayed. Did you see it swayed yeah, that one time? I lost close it. Close-up shot. You could see it. Yeah, yeah. And, and she's anchored. But even still, I... I I'm really impressed by that. Yeah, it was great. Because I've gotten the sweats before doing television before, knowing that it's going out to essentially no one where you're sitting there going, oh, okay, I gotta <laughs> don't, in. don't faint. <laughs> don't be that newscaster mm -hmm. that faints on oh, live God. TV. Don't be that so guy. So that's what I'm thinking of when mm -hmm. she's coming down. Yeah, sure, fine. The dancing was whatever. I don't really care. The songs were great. I enjoyed it. It was a good appreciation of the mm -hmm. catalog, which I think was Rihanna's goal in the first place. But I, I don't understand why it turned into Rihanna versus Beyonce. Like, immediately. It definitely where, doesn't need to. They're completely different performers. But that's what I... So there's no reason. It's just... I, I honestly don't know why. And I never even crossed my mind when I was watching. More of it was like, this is awesome. She's doing this without features, too. She's that, that good Love that she can that. come out and yeah. say, here's all my songs. I don't need Jay-Z, Drake, Kanye, whatever. I thought Kanye for like a split second. <laughs> like, Char wow, we had Charles gonna... Davis on the show, and he goes, yeah. would have canceled the Super Bowl. Like, he's like, I don't like... He, he doesn't like Kanye, obviously, for, yeah. for reasons that are That's justified. a fine take now. I was expecting <laughs> Jay-Z, to be honest. Especially well, I saw, saw Jay-Z there, and then Drake the night before played in Arizona, Arizona, but anyway, nonetheless, I thought it was great that she came out. She did her own thing. She didn't need features. She said, this is my repertoire of music, and I'm going to slay, and I'm pregnant. Yeah. yeah. Most of them were her songs, too. Like, even, like, they didn't have features to begin with. Yeah. So she did a great just job. hit after hit. But it doesn't right, need to so be, nothing. we don't need to compare them to each other. I agree. No, I don't mind comparisons. I just thought it was. Like, who's better than who? It was just interesting to me that it became those two. It well, wasn't like, where does sports. this rank in the high, in the pantheon of halftime shows? I don't think it was an all-time great halftime show. No, I, will say I, that. I agree with you. Like, it wasn't yeah. last year's. It wasn't the Lady Gaga one mm -hmm. where I was like, oh, damn, Prince. that one was. Yeah, that's Everybody a little before Prince. my time, yeah. though. Like, but I've still. seen highlights of that. Yeah, I, I mean, wasn't I watching it live. Like, Same. the J-Lo Shakira one was pretty badass. Was like, <laughs> that was good, actually. A lot of young fellas yeah. got inspired yeah, yeah. that day. <laughs> Why are you looking at me when you say that? Because you were probably like, what? I yeah, was that was probably seven good. or eight or something. Anyway, all right, fine. I thought I was going to get a better answer to this. Like, know. maybe they had beef or something I didn't know I about. I don't think so. No, okay. I'm not aware of any beef. All right. Well, Jay-Z did help Rihanna come onto the scene. Yeah. And then Jay-Z and Beyonce have their own life story. Well, I, know. I don't think there's a feud there. All right. Good to know. I'll do some research. I'll come back. All right. Ailis Forfar. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, of the morning show. Thanks for coming in. Um, okay. So the game. <laughs> so, <laughs> the game. So the football. So the actual football game. Um, that was a shocking comeback. I tweeted mm. at halftime that it felt like it was going to be like the same feeling I had with 28 to three. It didn't really turn out that way where right. I, like it was Mahomes was healthier than I thought he was going to be right. All of a sudden he was running the rock. He finished with 44 yards, Yeah. but halftime comes along and Jalen hurts is slanging that thing. Yeah. Yeah. It over 230 all purpose yards. The Eagles offensive line was dominating. Chris Jones is screaming at his teammates and it really did feel like they couldn't get a stop. Yeah. The chiefs were in the ball game because they got a, Let's just say pretty fortuitous turnover that goes for six. Yeah. It's a third and in inches or fourth and in inches, right? I think it was fourth down. Yeah. And the Eagles go for it and Hertz fumbles it, goes back in the end zone. They take the ball and immediately just like go back down, 
10-point lead. Mahomes looks toast. Yeah. Like he's limping all over the limping place. Limping all over the place. A little bit of uh I'm sure the ankle is really busted up and it was a lot of pain, but a little bit of Ben Roethlisberger to him now. Like where <laughs> I can't trust the in- he just Mah- this is not the first time Mahomes has done the like jump hobble move. Yeah. Like he's yeah, he's a he's a serial jump hobble guy. He's a serial 100%. jump hobble. No, he is. And and from now on, I just I'm never letting a Mahomes jump hobble affect the way that like I view the view game, the game and right. him. But in that moment, like his former teammate, Mitchell Schwartz, one of his offensive linemen mm-hmm. tweeted, that one looked different than the one before. He looks dejected. He looks defeated. I went, oh my God, this is real trouble. Like everybody had to wonder, had the Chiefs been able to get the ball back, whether Chad Henney, who retired, yeah. was going to be able to, or was going to get that football. Yeah. And there was reports that he was warming up and everything. Like, yeah, of he's course. starting to throw the ball and everyone's like, oh boy, here we go. I still think that's an all time I, I think that's an all-time comeback and an all-time performance. Mm. Those things considered, just Sirianni was out coaching him. Mm, yeah. The Eagles had the confidence. The run game was going. It just didn't feel like they were going to be stopped. And mm-hmm. again, Mahomes had to score what, what thirty-seven points? It was thirty-seven of thirty-eight. 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 Thirty-five. Thirty-eight. Thirty-five. Right. Of course, it's three points. It's tied. Yeah. Thirty-eight. Thirty-five. That's what you felt like he needed to be able to score in that game. Yeah. And then the second half, he scores on every single drive. So a couple of thoughts. Number one, Andy Reid is actually the biggest winner. Mm. Because I mentioned it before. He would have been one in four in Super Bowls. Now he's two and two. Yeah, big legacy win. And now there's no... It was very weird. Terry Bradshaw came on after and started doing the like... Terry Bradshaw... I, I like Terry Bradshaw. I think he takes it on the chin a little too much. Yeah. But... That was not a great performance at the end, the way that he spoke to where he's like, Andy Reid, are you going to retire? You're getting old. It was like, that's rude. That wasn't out there at all <laughs> this week. Hey, by the way, you're old. You're going uh, to consider that? Well, especially since Andy Reid is 64, which in coach terms is not ancient. Yeah. This isn't, he's not Belichick. Yeah, no. He's not Pete Carroll. He's 64 years old. Where's he going? But. A great coach makes great adjustments, and he had a quarterback who was not 100%. Mm-hmm. His team had essentially no wide receivers, and this is not just a Patrick Mahomes thing. Like, the way that they schemed up different guys to get open, like, specifically the Sky Moore touchdown. Yeah, yeah. And Kadarius Tony. Yeah, but the the fake in route and then breaking back to be wide open. When guys are wide open, sure, it can be viewed as defensive breakdowns, but I thought that the broadcast and Greg Olson did a really good job of, like, why this gets the safety to bite. For sure. Mm -hmm. When guys are wide open like that, and it's just, you know, pitch and throw, or pitch and catch, that, to me, is coaching. Mm -hmm. That is, we've seen stuff that you're doing, and I'm picking you apart. And that was Andy Reid in that second half. And so, to me, yeah, he and Mahomes now go down as an all-time tandem. Mm -hmm. Like, when you're going to think about Patrick Mahomes, you, you're going to think about Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. Had they gone, had he gone one and four in Super Bowls? One and three. Sorry, one and three in Super Bowls. And had he had his division or his championship record, had he lost to his former team, the Eagles? Mm-hmm. I think that there, I don't know if there would have been, he's going to get fired talk because that gets a little crazy. Yeah. But I think we would have been doing the, hey, Eric Bieniemy's right there. And when do you flip this Make over that switch. Yeah. Well, especially since he had the challenge on Dallas Goddard in that game mm-hmm. that I thought was pretty yeah. crap. When, like in the moment, bang, bang, it looked kind of like one, Yeah. but they had a lot of time to look at that. And then when they brought you back from commercial, it was beyond clear. It was a catch. Yeah. <laughs> and it was called that on the field. And I went, boy, you just burned a timeout. 
you lost your challenge on this. This is now looming. Yeah. This is looming big time. Third and 14. But his team also didn't concede a sack. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like one of the biggest stories in the whole thing. Against the team who had 70. Exactly. The Eagles defense did nothing for the entire second half. I hit on most of my bets. If you follow the show and you follow my tweets, you know (laughs) that I kind of nailed the Super Bowl down. I had the Chiefs money line. I had Gainwell over Rush. I had Mm -hmm. McKinnon over Rush, like receiving, like, uh, what else? I had so many different things. I lost on Chiefs longest punt, which kind of pissed me off because, (laughs) well, yeah, because the punter kicked it way far. It was just, Uh, they got a really, the first punt of the game, the Eagles guy, Tony decided not oh, to yeah, play yeah. it. It bounced horrifically, and I was no <laughs> fifty-seven yard punt. I knew that was going to be the 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 benchmark for the entire game, but I I didn't see zero sacks coming, and especially in the second half when Mahomes was hobbled, and I thought, okay, so now he's not going to be escaped. That yep, he's not going to be able to escape the same way. Yeah, they're going to get home on him. Hassan Reddick had one tackle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Coaching. <laughs> yeah. That's the brilliance of Mahomes. I just, I, the only reason I'm leading with Andy Reid is because everyone is going to want to talk about the greatness of the quarterback. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I just thought that second half adjustments, Andy Reid dominated. Yeah. His offense scored every time in the second half. And that holding play or not, Andy Reid's team did that. Yeah. He deserves a ton of credit. He's going to go down. He's not going to pass Bill Walsh. Because mm-hmm. you just can't, like being an innovator, I think, in your field is just too difficult to pass. True. Plus, he needs would need so many more Super Bowls. Yeah. But I think he at least has a chance to be considered to be the co-greatest offensive mind in football I mean, history. He sticks around with Mahomes that's, for a couple more years. That's what I'm years. saying. Like, now it's sort of on the table for him. The pressure's off. They get one or two more. That's, yeah. that's really, really impressive. Okay. Before we get to Mahomes. Mm-hmm. The holding call. Yeah, the holding call. So, James Bradbury. Yep. Slightly grabs was Juju, right? Juju, yeah. Juju. And the refs end the game. Yeah, they call holding. We got robbed. We were all Mm. robbed of the Chiefs' defense having to do something, and Jalen Hurts like Mahomes talked line like Jalen having a bit more time at least. Mahomes talked after the game about how he didn't want Jalen Hurts' performance to get lost in the shuffle. And I don't think that it will from the standpoint of next year, the Eagles being a team that everyone considers to be one of the favorites. And there's yep. no more like, hey, are these guys frauds? Just because their schedule was super light. They, they didn't really have a lot of challenges this, this yeah. season. I'm sorry, Eagles fans. You know this. It doesn't, it doesn't take away anything from the season for Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Their team was badass. It was a great team. We saw them play against the Chiefs. They looked really good. Yep. I, I think that... Top to bottom, the roster was the most complete in all of football. Yeah. The biggest question mark was Jalen Hurts, and he looked like he belonged on that stage. And then 100%. even there at the end of the game, they're down eight. He comes down, he scores a touchdown, and then he's the guy that converts the two-point. Yeah. The octopus. He's, yeah, he's he's terrifying in those short yardage situations. Oh, yeah. Like, ahead of, I would seriously put him ahead of Lamar Jackson in terms of the scariest guys in those spots. Mm. I think it goes one Hurts, two. It's hard not to have Mahomes in this, but... The, the scariest guys where it just feels like they're going to beat you one of two ways. Yeah. There's four. It's Hertz, Mahomes, Allen, and Lamar. I was about to say Allen as well. But yeah. I think 
it's pretty clear cut that Jalen Hurts is number one. So you're putting Hurts over Lamar, like as a running quarterback, or no, just putting in him those situations, those short yardage yeah, situations. Yeah. One, I trust okay. him to be Pick able to make the throw, and I, that, and yeah, I yeah. trust him to be able to make the run. Plus, he's just the difference with him as a runner from all those other guys that he has more of the Josh Allen thing, where it's just he's powerful. He goes through you. Yeah, yeah like he he not, on the two point conversion, he did it. He went yeah. through like three guys. Yeah. He can break <laughs> your ankles or he can break your back. Yeah. You know, like he can yeah. do both those things. Like Lamar's not doing. Lamar's not like running through your face. Yeah, no, Lamar's just shifting past you and. And I just, I kind of wish we would have gotten to see that. Like, I'm just, yeah. I'm a football fan. I want to see it. I don't want to see the refs decide a game. And so I thought it was really lame, all the people that went, oh, Bradbury said it was a hold. That's just called being a good sport. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not yeah. going to lose the Super Bowl and sit in the locker room and cry about the refs yourself when you're the person that made the penalty, committed the penalty. Mm-hmm. That's a horrific look. That guy would have got torched in every single way for saying it. People would have screenshot it and be like, is this you? It would have sucked. Yeah. So good on Bradbury for owning it. Just own it and let it sweep under the rug. Okay, Sucked cool, that done. there was a clip of Debo Samuel that made the rounds immediately <laughs> after of him sitting on a panel with the I Am Athlete podcast calling him trash. <laughs> That just like stuck there, but no. All was, the 49ers were just talking all last week about how they got robbed and all that. Yeah, but it just sucks. It sucks because it it robbed football fans. It that game was just about near perfect. Yeah. It deserved a better like the game yeah. deserved a better ending than what we got, and it's the same thing that happened with like the Chiefs Bengals thing, right? Of like I guess like letter of the law, yeah, that's a penalty, but like ah, oh, it just would have been so much better if it wasn't. But that's it. All I want to do is talk about Reed and Mahomes. I know, I know, and I want to talk about the Eagles. And it gets soured a little bit. Ref and talks kind of honestly, ref talks kind of boring, right? No one wants to talk about boring. ref yeah. stuff. So this is what scares me the most about it, and this is what I hate about ref talk. And this being such a major pivotal play in that game. Mm-hmm. And granted, this one was far more egregious, but your Saints, oh, you God. too. Uh, Sorry dude, to bring not, it up. Let's not dude, do that. Yeah. I have Go. PTSD from that. Go ahead. But your Saints, Nicole Roby Coleman, right? Nicole Roby Coleman. Who did he hit? He hit, um, it was, who was oh, it? Oh boy, two remember. Saints fans. Can't remember who it's. I'm watching from my memory, JD. Yikes. Yikes, fellas. I don't, I don't know. Tough he... look for the boys. <laughs> so, and then what happens? The league overreacts, and they put in the reviewing pass interference thing. And that goes horrifically. Yeah, lasted one season. Reviewing pass interference is all-time dumb. It's, I love the CFL. You know, that's my league. Go Argos. Great Cup champs. <laughs> See you at the home opener. But the pass interference review thing is childish. Yeah. Stop doing that. What I've come to realize is this is the best we're going to get with football. We have the eye in the sky that does the quick cleanup. The catch thing, there's just no perfect way to do catches. It should be a little bit more common sense, but they have to have the letter of the law. You have and to so, like codify it. That's and write it. it down and so yeah. unfortunately, it just it is what it is. There's going to be plays where somebody catches a ball on the sideline, brings it to the ground, whatever, bobbles it, and we're going to have to do our very best. Sometimes it's going to feel like very much against the spirit of the rule, like in the like in the Bengals where Jamar Chase caught that rock against the Bills, mm-hmm. where you go, come on, he's got two feet down. And he's already broken the play in the field. And then he goes out of bounds, like stuff like that. I don't mind them trying to clean up and change. They shouldn't stop trying to get better with it. But I've just kind of accepted. We're never going to get that perfect. Mm -hmm. We're never going to get that right. That's just the business that we've, that's the bed we've made. Yeah. When it comes to review and being able to break things down by the most microscopic way possible. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the same with spirit of the rule stuff. 
Like hockey with offsides, there's times where against the spirit of the rule, lame. That's a horrible offside, yeah. technically, but that's lame. Basketball, the worst one is who touched it who touched last. Who touched it last? Yeah. Oh when, it, when it grazes yeah. off, when someone redirects a ball and it grazes off the It like touches the, the particles of a finger. Yeah, and it goes awful out. call. Horrible. Horrible call. And baseball, the worst one is being able to look at when there's someone came off the bag for a split second. Oh, and yeah. the glove was holding. Yeah, Again, yeah. Those, th- those things are against the spirit of the rules, but we have to live with that. Because we have the technology and there's just no going back. Yeah. Let that be a lesson to you from AI companies, by the way. It's <laughs> hard <laughs> to put the genie back in the bottle, all right? If we're on but, the topic of officiating, or sorry, we're going to. Well, no, I, this is. Let me finish this thought. Okay, okay. I'm scared that the NFL is going to overreact to this and do something dumb where they try and add some kind of a rule to this, oh, you know, yeah. mm, like that was my first thought. That's what scares me. It's not, it's not so much the blown call that sucks, but uh, I've said this before. All refs suck, right? Yeah. I, who likes refs? <laughs> All refs suck. And the refs, it's so fun to hate on them because everybody's allowed to, it, it's not yeah. a polarizing topic, right? Yeah. It's only the refs that go, don't make fun of us. Especially yeah, no the one's NBA. both sided. Uh, yeah. The... Especially <laughs> the NBA officials who, like I said, continue to do cringeworthy MLB campaigns. MLB umpires do it as well. Yeah. MLB umpires when they wore the, the black, yeah. the stripe. That was, <laughs> That was like again. That's that's the worst thing about these guys, right? Is that they take themselves way too seriously. And Ennis nails this all the time. But it's so true. They should all just have to take it. Yeah. Like you should be able to talk to them like subhuman scum. No <laughs> holds barred against officials. Just take it. Whenever they try to be bigger than the show, be bigger than the people, get into it with them. It's like you're no one's here to see you, and that's where you see their true colors. That. They think they are here to see them. And even, like, I hate that we keep bringing up Donahue because people genuinely do believe a lot of these refs are on the take, and I, I don't believe that this is rigged. I don't believe this is a script like Joe. <laughs> None of that stuff. But it, when you see Donahue speak and you listen, watch, like, his doc, all you see is a guy who's so into himself, right, where he's like, and we and the official crew, and we do a good job, and we're this and we're that. Yeah. I get taking pride in your career, but, again, these guys absolutely in their brains think that they are – like the like, third team on the field. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and an elite group of yeah. Even even yeah. when I saw uh, Cheffers is the was the head official, and yeah. he had he had to speak to the pool reporters, and the way that he described the holding call, it was just so indignant. He didn't bend at all. He backed his guy, and I just pictured that where they go back to the room. And they're like, Cheffers is the man. He backs the official. <laughs> you know, like he doesn't speak honestly. He just went up there like we win he as a team, we boys. lose as a team, and it was the slam. <laughs> but please, NFL, please, for the love of God, for the love of God, do not, do not, do not, do not try and instill some half cocked rule about the last two minutes of games, reviewing penalties, like don't. The Bradbury rule. Like, yes, we don't need a Bradbury rule. We do not need a Bradbury rule. Bad calls happen, okay? The Chiefs, they got one missed earlier in the game on Juju. Mm -hmm. In the middle of the field, he clearly got held. They missed it. Move yeah, on. It is what Calls it is. are going to get missed. Strikes are going to get missed. Although robot umps, you know, but then we can't yell at umps. So it's <laughs> yeah, just yeah. It's a catch 22. It's keep like, men be careful, just make fun of them. <laughs> be careful what you wish for. All I'm yeah. saying is if we're going to keep humans involved, which mm-hmm. I think we should, True. because the games are more interesting this way, human error does add to sports. Having every single thing picked up by the eye in the sky mm-hmm. and having every little detail, like if you eventually go this way or this route, the further you go into the technology, do you know how many more holding penalties you're going to be? Like, you know oh, how many more calls? You need to have the human element for sometimes for guys to go, let them play a little bit here. Yeah. That should have been a let them play situation. That's what I'm frustrated with that ref. Agree. Is that, dude, it's third and eight. 
He threw the ball 40 yards out of the end zone. (laughs) And you as officials should have gotten together and someone should have gone, hey, let's not decide this game. And Cheffers and co went, Nah, nah. We're we're gonna get we're the guys. To we decide, <laughs> and that's what sucks. But please, for the love of God, this is what like twice as much money came in on the Super Bowl this year as last year. Mm-hmm. Twice as much. Let that set in. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of money. <laughs> in case you're not aware, a lot of money comes in on the Super Bowl every year. <laughs> the NFL makes a lot of money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I just I do worry sometimes that because of this and the NFL's desire to seem on the up and up, all of these leagues, right? You think the NFL thinks it's funny that guys like Joe fall for the script, Joe? <laughs> it's not. They don't like they that. They don't like that. The reason we didn't have sports betting for so long, other than government's claimed feigning of public interest, where they go, no, you have to look after the public. And then money comes involved. They're like, how much money? <laughs> never <laughs> Sorry, mind. Never mind that about that. But is that we did have things in history like the Black Sox scandal. We have had Donahue. Mm. They don't want to have the perception ever that their leagues are compromised. Yeah. And so they're going to add more video technology and things like this where people go, oh, it's rigged because the Chiefs, they wanted the Chiefs, they wanted the Chiefs. They can't have that. They cannot have it. Mm-hmm. And so they're probably going to overreact to this. It's probably going to make things worse. To me, just the solution is simple. You, you basically have to have refs. And I, I know they do. Like, even when you watch the Donahue doc, they were all over him. They mm-hmm. went like, yeah, we knew all about this guy and we were trying to trap him. We were trying to get more information about other people. Like, these guys aren't slick. Yeah. And if they, you know, Calvin Ridley gets busted on trying to make a $12 parlay, <laughs> refs are going to get busted if they're trying to make big bets too, yeah. right? So I don't think it's rigged. I don't think that they're there. But yeah, I think that they should be paid more and that they should be taken care of in a little bit. They're already so secure, though, in their jobs. Yeah. And, and I get it. They already had a strike. We saw what's below them. Just refs are going to suck, okay? Accept it. Refs suck. Yeah. They're going to make mistakes. Miss calls are part of the game. Honestly, miss calls are part of the game. Yeah. I just like, wish they were cops. Like, you know how they, although I don't think that they do this very well for cops, <laughs> it appears, <laughs> is how they try to make them do the psych test where they go, hey, you can't just be a lunatic in here yeah. with ego problems. But I feel like that's like, you guys know that meme? It's actually, I think, at the Chiefs Stadium of the old man patting people down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's not really doing it. He's phantom doing it. That's the way they do it for cops. And that's probably... The, the guy's just no expression on his face, just yeah. going like... Exactly. Yeah, waving the thing around. Anyway, please don't overreact. Mm. Now, Mahomes. So I wrote down the four, four most impressive performances in my life by a guy with an injury. Mm-hmm. And you guys tell me what I'm missing and maybe we'll make this the... Video today, I don't know. Um, I, I think that the, I think that the injury was legit. Like I, I, I know I teased him a little bit about the hobble mm-hmm. because he, he, he again he he plays up the hobble a little bit, but it's hard to say. Yeah, he's just done it before, and now it's happened so many times, and then he's running on it, and he does look fine, and then it kind of feels like he's grimacing after runs to make it seem a little bit more showy, which I don't mind. Like again, that's just kind of a part of sports. Whatever. Even still, the ankle was clearly busted up and that play clearly affected him. And he was down 10 points to the Eagles in a game where it felt like they had nothing better than Philadelphia Mm -hmm. outside of him. Right? Yeah. You went through the checklist and you went, what do the Chiefs have better? Tight end with Kelsey and quarterback with Mahomes. And Kelsey matters a lot less if you don't have a fully healthy Mahomes. My biggest take from the first half, and like I'm going to talk to Greg Jennings about this, was like, Boy, did the Chiefs receivers feel non-existent for a long time. <laughs> then Juju showed up, and he, like, made some big plays in the second half. Yeah. But I think that one goes up on the Pantheon. I think that one goes up on, for the uh, lack of a better term, 
because this one always gets mocked, but the Mount Rushmore for me personally in my life of athletic accomplishments with an injury or illness. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start with my honorable mention, Dirk. Mm. Dirk only scored 21 in this game, but he had a fever of over 100 degrees in game four of the NBA finals um, against a Miami Heat team that if he doesn't show up, like that mocked him openly heading to the court. Yeah. yeah. And Dirk showed up and he stuck it to him. Yeah. And yeah. the Mavs won that series. And I think that that one gets neglected. But if you were, if you watch that and you remember that, Dirk was sick. So good. And the other thing about that team too is that that team was like Dirk and then just a bunch of guys. How dare you say that to Jason Terry? My, <laughs> he outplayed hey, LeBron James. Yeah, I, I'm just Jim. saying that he showed up and he still gave his team 21. Yeah. And that's the standard of that player where 21 for him was like, not enough. they needed the 21 to win. Yeah. And, and I don't think they win that series without Dirk showing up. And I will always remember LeBron and D Wade walking to the stadium, doing the fake cough at Dirk when oh, he yeah. had a fever of a hundred and then Dirk going out there and being like, Nope, I'm Balling the guy out. in this series. Yeah. So that's my honorable mention. I okay. wanted to put it in, but I couldn't put it over any of the other ones. By the way, I'm just saying these are the ones that like I've seen or really remember. Okay, because there was certain stuff like I thought about trying to do this of the all time. And I thought about like Kirk Gibson. Kirk Gibson was one at bat in one game. He had two bum legs. It's an incredible feat hitting that home run. It's off Eckersley. Although it's funny because Eckersley has given up all the famous home runs. And it's like, he was the best closer. It's like all the big home runs. (laughs) It's it's also kind of his thing. It must be so demoralizing. (laughs) Yeah. It just, yeah. Anyway, um, these are my four. The Jordan flu game, 15 points in the fourth. 38 in the finals against the Jazz. Has to be there. Yep. Yeah. I have Mahomes ahead of it. Really? Wow. Yeah, because Mahomes is getting hit, and he's having to evade and run, and he's on that ankle. Again, no wide receivers, stuck 10, and he scored He scored every time. <laughs> That's true. Every trip of the second half. Like I said, they needed 38 points to win this game. Yeah. There was never going to be a scenario where he didn't have to score 38, and he did it. Yeah. On a bum ankle. He had three touchdown passes, and he had 44 yards on the ground. They didn't have the ball a lot, too, which is why it's like people will look at it and go, J.D., like, he didn't have 200 passing yards. I'm like, come on. That's not the one here. That's not yeah. it. And also, the threat of Patrick Mahomes is what allowed them to be able to run the ball as successfully as they did with Pacheco, yeah. who was a massive player in that game for them. Like, absolutely Pacheco's huge. Pacheco's an animal. He runs hard. He was, right? dude, Dude, he, he was running through I love people. Pacheco. I really love Pacheco. And you know what my favorite thing about him is? After he runs... He like sprints back to the yeah. huddle almost every time. It's such a cool little thing that's his. Yeah. Like he finishes it. It's like he's almost so excited to get the rock again. I love that about Pacheco. <laughs> but yeah, I have Mahomes there. You have it above the flu. I wasn't yeah. expecting that. To be this honest. is the one where I I have a clear cut number one. But this is the one where I'm I'm kind of curious. Shilling in 04. Mm. because. This is controversial now in terms of like everybody hates Schilling, so they want to be able to kind of discredit him for this moment. And some people think it was like catch up on the sock. Thank no, God. no, that's what I'm saying. It's like people say that, but no, man, that guy was fighting it. He sucked in the ALCS because he was hurt. Apparently, that ankle had been like it had no the tendons in it were destroyed. Yeah. So I googled this like a month ago because I yeah. was wondering about this. I was definitely as a kid always team like. 
that's fake. fake. Yeah, no. And then I <laughs> then I looked it up and like they it had like yeah. stitches that no. were just popped, popped. and yeah. yeah. Pretty no, gross. No, dude, it was popped stitches that had to be resutured like multiple yeah. times. Yeah. And he had completely damaged tendons in his ankle. And he went out there in a World Series game where they didn't know if he was gonna be able to pitch, and he gave them six innings with one run. Mm. I also hate him and hate the Red Sox, though, so... I know. <laughs> I get it. No, I totally get it. I complete... Listen, if that's the card you want to play without giving Schilling his due, then I'm fine with it. I'm just saying that that that's where I put this one, is is it two or is it three? Jordan was sick, and that sucks, but yeah. he wasn't playing a physical sport where it's like he was pounding over and over and over again on an injury, and... Yeah, 15 in the fourth is like, that's a really well, tough one. Could to... you also argue that like they needed the, his 38 to win the game too? Like you, you said Mahomes, like they needed 38 to win. They needed all this stuff. To Jordan, fall. like, I, yeah, I get it. I just, it's hard for me to put Mahomes over Jordan. Maybe, maybe that's just like nostalgia bias coming in. You though. never saw it though. I, I didn't see it live. You that's born. true. No, it was three years before I was born. <laughs> yeah, thank you. No, that's why, that's why I'm saying it's nostalgia bias. Just because. Let the record, let let the record, record show. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying, though, because I grew up hearing about I the know. flu game. So in my it's mind, okay. it's just always above it, everything. I mean, it has reached that legendary status. That's for sure. Like the flu game, yeah. everyone everyone. That's knows. why I'm saying for me, it's like, oh, Mahomes uh, is over that. But I don't. I think this is, again, it's just, mm -hmm. you got to remember that this is the best defensive line in all of football. Yeah. 70 sacks is here, 15 more than the next team. Which was the Chiefs. Zero Sorry, sacks against. Yeah. That is Mahomes. How many times in that pocket was he moving around and buying extra time? How many times did you think, oh, my God, this is going to be it for him. This is going to be it for him. Yeah. And then he made a play. Like, And again, Kelsey was terrific, too. That one shoestring catch that he mm -hmm. made early in the, in the third quarter. That was brilliant. They absolutely needed that. They dropped and scooped it. Yes. Yeah. Kelsey was great. Yeah. But Mahomes made all the plays that mattered in that game. And for him to stick it out, for him to gut it out and not show those signs of pain, to run on the foot, mm -hmm. to give them the first downs. If he doesn't pick up that one with his legs, the big run yep. in the fourth quarter, like we're looking at Harrison Butker, who had already missed a field goal, potentially having to kick another long one with all the pressure in the world on his back mm -hmm. and the Eagles having over two minutes and multiple timeouts left. They almost caught Mahomes several times too. Like there was times where they yes. were like an arm away, hand away, and Mahomes just gets out and gets the ball out. 100%. 100%. Number one for me is clear and obvious, and I just don't even want to have a debate about it. Yeah. yeah. Tiger Woods winning the U.S. Open with a stretch fracture in his leg and coming Agreed. off knee surgery in 08. It's the most impressive thing I've ever seen. It's incredible. Uh, I'll never see anything more impressive than that. It's literally the most unassailable thing in Tiger's resume. Like, you can nitpick with his level of competition, some of the guys, like, you know, whatever. Whatever Tiger shot you want to take, mm -hmm. 08 is, like, U.S. Open is, that's He's, the one. There's no argument for it. That's the one mm -hmm. that I have seen personally. Nothing will. I just don't even know what you'd have to do to touch that. Like watching him swing and just be invisible pain <laughs> every time. Yeah. Over and but over, still and over again. Crush. <laughs> it's is, ridiculous. Yeah. I just It'd be demoralizing to lose to someone who's in that much pain. And he goes out there and wipes you and you're like, ah, oh, <laughs> I actually that one's so good that when I was putting this list together last night, it's the only one where I went, God, I want to go watch the highlights of this. Yeah, again. yeah, yeah. Mm. Like, I really want to go watch the highlights of this again. And Tiger's back. He's playing this next tournament. It's like, no, there's never going to recapture those things because you put his body yeah. through so many different things, including that. Anyway, um, that's my list. If you've got something different, you can tweet me. If you lived in a different, like, I don't want to say, if you lived in a different time, that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're older than me and, time you, and you think that I've neglected something, then hit me up, let me know. But yeah, those were the four. And the honorable mention was Dirk. Like I said, I just, I remember how I felt about Dirk. I remember how I felt about going into that game. Yeah. And I went, boy, they're not going to have Dirk. 
yeah, they were going to have to go to Jason Terry to be the number one scorer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Josh Howard, who was like out of the league a year later, despite <laughs> being their second best player on that team. It was, yeah, J.J. Barea. It was <sighs> not greatest of all time. Here, yeah. yeah, it wasn't the greatest team. Um, anyway, that's my list. And I think, yeah, I think that's where I'm going to put it. Is Tiger Woods one, Schilling two, Mahomes three, Jordan four. Dirk five, if you had to add one more. The problem is with Jordan is that the branding for his is so much stronger. Oh, They're calling yeah. it the flu game. His oh, shoes yeah. that are yeah. called the flu game. <laughs> Schilling is hated, so no one's bringing it up, yeah. even though that has good branding because it's the bloody sock game. And Tiger Woods is, has the worst branding. Yeah. It's just Tiger True. Woods on one leg, and you go like, "Yeah, it's, it's got to be better way than this." Like, we need to call it something. Tiger Woods but, one leg. Yeah, that we need better. We branding have to think of a that. name in the break. That's, we'll that's think of a name. Twenty twenty three. You need to have better branding. All right, let's take a quick break. Um, the Leafs will not be put in the all time performance rankings for what they did all the weekend. That was embarrassing. All right, quick break. Let's come back and chat about it. Sportsnet five ninety, the fan. They got to make the decision how you know how important it is to them. That's that's really it. Yikes. <laughs> okay, so whatever. <laughs> what a way to start. Oh, well, it's true. <laughs> they lost to Columbus. Nothing new with these teams. I, I love how whenever the Leafs blow a game like this, there's a section of social media that wants to make that like end. See, this is a gutless team with no heart, and they'll never get it done, and nothing has changed, and everything's the same. <laughs> Kind of, though. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of. That was a pretty heartless effort. And some things matter more than others. This one matters a little bit more from this standpoint. You got a kid in that. Yeah. Play well in front of the kid who's who's coming off of a AHL rookie or an AHL all-star campaign Mm -hmm. who has a ton of momentum and you might need. Because the idea of having Matt Murray is a certainty now. You got to be out of your mind if you're still... Believe in that. Yeah. So here's what I want with Joe Wall, that he feels good about himself. And that's not how you feel good about yourself is getting completely shelled by the, the worst, worst team, team in hockey. hockey. <laughs> and, and that's it. That's the worst period of the Leafs season. And I got some pushback on social media. Well, yeah. oh, it's the worst ones. I went, okay. Yeah. Show me the one where they gave up 21 shots in a period to the worst team in hockey. And three goals. Yeah. Nah, you can't because it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And that's not a game where it matters if you don't have Austin Matthews. Sorry. Yeah. But it's not. Yeah. You'd have to be down a lot more players. I will say this, though. That is a game where it does make you think about the bottom six because Mm -hmm. those guys, a lot of them kind of rot. And there's multiple, like Pierre Engvall and David Camp basically got benched in that game because once again, Engvall was just incredibly soft and Camp could basically not have a sustained impact on the game. Mm -hmm. And yeah, at least put some pressure on them late. They were better. But 40 shots with a kid in that. Yeah. To the worst team in hockey. I don't know if we mentioned that. Worst team in hockey, <laughs> Man, goaltending is so much about confidence in sports in general, like a lot of it. It's one of my biggest, you know, people want to point to what are the differences with the Leafs this year. Mm-hmm. One of my things, and it, it is yet to be seen in the postseason because it really is going to matter on a major stage when all the chips are down. Yep. But a big one for me is that Mitch Marner does feel like he's taken more... Like he's just more confident this year. Mm-hmm. He's he's un, he's un, like less afraid seemingly to be in the public eye. Yeah. He just seems more confident. Whether it's and, and I know that people make fun of this stuff because it's the Leafs. Whatever it is, what it is, it's a different generation. But mm-hmm. the acceptance to be 
like forward facing, whether it's been talking about his dog or doing the stuff with the skates or the way that he was at the all-star break with the suit and like going out on the ice. Again, this stuff is cringe. A lot of it is cringe. I'm not saying (laughs) that he's like the coolest guy now. He's Mr. He's the He's the swag captain of the team. No, but his teammates like him, and it, it does feel like there's a, just a different level of ownership from him this year. Yeah. To me, anyway, yeah. where he's more confident, and confidence has been an issue with him in the past. The point mm-hmm. here is just simply this, is that they might need this kid. This goalie might matter for them at some point. Mm-hmm. And whether it's picking up points down the stretch because you want to stay ahead of Tampa. You know, to really make sure Samsonov doesn't get overplayed. Yep. Yep. And have a bet hedged for Murray. You don't really want to have him open up going, boy, I let in a bunch of goals against mm-hmm. the crappy Columbus team. I gave, I had 40 shots against, and I struggled with some I, I struggled with some of them. The last goal, the game-winning goal, was really not his fault. It gets mm-hmm. tipped in. I thought it was a high stick. I'm not really sure. I guess because it was called on the ice, and they were talking, like Craig Simpson was saying, touch, didn't touch the blade of the stick, and I went, yeah. I don't know. That's, again, one of those ones where this is the common sense replay where I just go, can we just have common sense on this one and go, his stick is above the crossbar. Yeah. They probably should have called it the other way. On yeah. the ice. And so let's just look at that one and take it away. Anyway, it <laughs> doesn't matter because the Leafs dogged it and they looked really bad. It was an embarrassing, embarrassing, embarrassing loss. And it is going to be, this is the only interesting thing from these next few games. Mm-hmm. Because they play the lesser lights, right? There's a cool game coming up against the Sabres. There's another good game coming up against the Kraken. Those ones will be kind of fun, especially the Sabres, because there really does seem to be some bad blood between Austin yep. Matthews and uh, Darlene. And, and you hope that he's healthy for it. Cousins lit up. Matthews wants for like kind of sweet it. That's your guy, the cause. Yeah, no, the Yukon guy versus the Arizona guy. Oh, you got to <laughs> be like win? eight feet tall. <laughs> you got to be like out of Matthews against the Yukon guy. Come on. Buffalo's get out of here. also like not a bad team anymore. Like no, they, they got Buffalo's some dudes. Fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and we've been waiting on this to actually matter for a little while. So I hope that that game does. Yeah. But there's a couple games coming up here against more trash. Chicago, Montreal, Chicago. Yeah. That's pretty trash. Yeah. Toronto, though, should try and prove that they don't have a tendency to play down to their competition mm-hmm. and yeah. fall asleep at the wheel. And this is a weird one for me because, you know, I'm not getting into a little bit of trade talk here. It kind of mm. feels like they need a shot in the arm with something. Mm. But I'm a little worried that they do that too soon. Like, there's all these chicken rumors out there, right? Mm-hmm. I saw it being reported by, who is it, Bruce Garriott? That yeah. Toronto's stepping up their offer for Chikrin. You go, huh, this is like a week, not even a week removed from Dubas saying they don't want to take a big swing right now or that they don't want to include Matthew Nyes. I guess he did say in rentals, though. So actually, this would be, this would fit lockstep. If they extend him, then it wouldn't fit what Dubas said. No, well, he's mean, already yeah. under control, Chikrin. Yeah. He's not a pending free agent. So it's just, that would still fit. It would be fine. Um, but yeah, they just, they, they feel like a team that needs something more than just Austin Matthews coming back from his injury. And this is one of the cases that I've always made sort of for the Leafs adding during the off season and making a change mm-hmm. to what is an obviously stellar top four has been, I don't know how it starts to wear on you and feel when you're around the same people over and over again. And, you know, you start to feel those same patterns and failure starts to present itself and whether or not you can kick into that other gear or whether it pulls you back and you start to get it, it like that's what choking is. Mm. And I think people fear that a lot with this team. So to me, they clearly need more in the bottom six. They, they need another defenseman. Yeah. I think it would be amazing for this team to get Timo Meyer. I've said this a million times just to me at this point, trading Matthew Nyes for a year of 
uh, like a, a short run of Timo Meyer makes less sense to me than trying to build around the fringes of the roster, even though that feels really unsexy. That mm-hmm. being said, maybe they can have the best of all worlds because I thought this was pretty interesting. This quote from Patrick Kane over the weekend. So Patrick Kane on the Rangers Tarasenko deal was very forthcoming, by the way, quote, it's not like the happiest I've been to hear about a trade. If things are going to happen, that was a team I was definitely looking at. It seems like they have kind of filled their void and went ahead and made the deal. End quote. Um, he also went on to say, quote, obviously you want to do right by the, or- by the franchise and the organization here has been amazing to me and given me so much. So you definitely want what's best for both sides. End quote. This guy's clearly thinking about leaving, but he's not just leaving for any situation. Mm-hmm. I think the Sabres are too far away. It'd be a nice reunion to have him there, but is Buffalo really making the Patrick Kane trade right now? I, maybe, but... <sighs> maybe, but it doesn't seem like they're like they're not a contender right now. Yeah. Which is and, what Kane would but need. They're, they're also not in a playoff spot right now. Like, yeah. they're below the Panthers. Granted, with, like, games in hand, they're likely to pass them because I think they're only two points back. Um, they also have a better goal differential. Like if you look at them, they are two points back. Yeah. If you look at them, you would say, Hey, this could be a playoff team and maybe he's the right guy for the push. Mm-hmm. Just feels like if you're Patrick Kane, you're in this for rings and that New yeah. York was the perfect marriage of both of those things. Region team fit championship contender, yeah. all of it. Mm-hmm. You look across and you go, okay, maybe the Devils, right? Mm-hmm. Still, despite them having a much better second half than people thought, like a lot of people thought that they were frauds yeah. and that they were going to fall out of it, and they haven't done that. In fact, they've got like seven wins in their last 10 games. Mm-hmm. Really, really good showing from the Devils the second half, maybe. But I do wonder if the Leafs kind of get in this equation. There's Like they're close enough. And with the season Kane's having... If he wants to go to the Leafs, I'm not sure. Like, I don't know what the price of acquisition is going to be. I'm, I'm really curious to talk about this with some people. But when we're talking about doing right by a star, that feels like the price comes down. Mm-hmm. If one of the places is off the board, right? So the yeah. Rangers are off the board. Now you're basically saying there could be three teams. Maybe Boston's in it too. I was going to suggest the Bruins. As well, because it fits the... Yeah, it shouldn't rule out Boston, but it also mm-hmm. does feel like they're going to take the bigger swing and they're going to try to be in on Hurdle. Mm. Maybe they're in on Kane. Maybe. But there's only a... F- that's what I'm saying. There's only a few teams that could be in on Patrick Kane. Mm-hmm. So how crazy does the bidding get? He's not someone where you're going to have to give up Matthew Nyes. No. Maybe he's the first, and Dubas is really playing up that first this year and talking about how important it is as an asset. But again, that's because they've had to remove so many. I just, I do have a little bit of a feeling like maybe it isn't Taves. Maybe it is Kane. Maybe the Leafs are in on some of this. They have a history of dealing with that team. Mm-hmm. And depend, like, depending on what Kane wants, it, it just, it, it feels more real after this than it ever did before. I never sure. thought Kane was going to be a Leaf. Yeah, Never. Neither did I. <laughs> and after that quote, I went, this guy obviously is thinking about it. And he said teams plural. And maybe that was his favorite destination, but it's not his only one. Yeah. And then if we're looking at the rest of the list, it's not very long. Anyway, let's keep talking about the Super Bowl. Quick break. Let's come back and let's see what Greg Jennings has to say about it. Hey, it's Ben. Legacies. 
quarterback greats, coaching greats, blown leads, refing controversy. So much from that Super Bowl. Brother against brother. I felt as, as a guy who has a brother, he loves very much. It actually, it, it was tough watching Travis Kelsey be up there talking about what he had to say. That reporter going, what did you say to your brother? And then he immediately breaks down. I was like, yeah, I feel that. He knows how much it meant to him. And seeing his brother there at the end was like, oof, that's, that's an emotional drawback. But uh, I wonder how my next guest feels about um, the Chiefs just being like, Receivers don't matter. Uh, Greg Jennings, Pro Bowl and Super Bowl winning wide receiver. What's up, buddy? How we doing? I'm doing great. <laughs> <laughs> we like we, seriously though. It's it's pretty wild. Like so much of that game, I kept taking down notes. Like man, it really doesn't feel like the Chiefs have anything to the outside. Really doesn't feel like the Chiefs have that other receiver when they were falling down and they just weren't able to kind of convert on a few plays. And Juju was good in the second half. Like he really did show up for them. But yeah, what what does it say about Mahomes that they let arguably the best wide receiver in football walk in the offseason in a trade? And yeah, that they come back in a Super Bowl where they score in every every drive of the second half where their best receiver is, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster, who's passed his prime. Well, it not only says a tremendous amount about Mahomes, but about just what they what their plan was and how they were able to really put together the personnel and the skill guys that they did to make it work. Um, and, but for Mahomes, anytime you have a guy who's that talented, that special, you got to have pieces around them. Like mm-hmm. they got a, they got a bunch of guys. None of them are like stars, but they all have a specialty and they all leaned into their roles and they were utilized in their roles and and none more important than Travis Kelsey. Like you got to have a guy, like and that's what they have in Travis Kelsey. He's a, he, yes, he's a tight end, but he is one of the. We've talked about this all year. He's mm-hmm. one of the most prolific offensive weapons in all of football. Period. Mm-hmm. And you have that, and you allow everybody else to play off of that and get open based on what you have in that position with that guy. Yeah, and, and that's the the loophole to the question, right, where I'm like, eh, they didn't have any receivers. Is like, they have Travis Kelsey. He's the best pass catcher in this game, like, by uh, a, a margin, and the other team has A.J. Brown, who's phenomenal, right? So, yeah, it's it's like a bit of a fake one because they have a tight end who is arguably the greatest receiving tight end of all time. I think he's kind of made a case for it now, though, don't you? I do. Yeah. I do, and I, there's been a lot of talk about it, but for me... I love what he's been able to do, and he's going to continue to build on that as long as he's able to stay healthy and play with Patrick Mahomes. So I I did a ranking earlier in the show, Greg, of the most impressive games I've seen by an injured athlete. Um, And, like, I I took out, hey, stuff like we were talking about Leftwich, right? And I was like, yeah, they lost that game, and it was regular season, and it's just, it's like that one doesn't go in the, like, pantheon. To me, like, you have to have the success. So I have... Uh, Kurt Schilling in baseball, 04, bloody sock game. Um, the Jordan flu game, you know, 15 in the fourth, 38 in the finals. Tiger Woods winning the U.S. Open with a stress fracture in his leg. And Mahomes, does Mahomes get the fourth spot for you? Because I, I have him there now. So, so you, 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 they own, you have to be able to, you have to win. Yeah. That's your, that's your guy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Because I know guys deal with injuries all the time, right? Like, this is almost even the point of this list is, like, what you did for a profession requires an insane toll on the body. 
Like, I can't remember what we were talking about one time, whether it was, was it your ankle? When you were dealing with your, your ankle injury, just like the amount of pain that you were in, man, I'm sure like your body has gone through just an insane amount. And that you could say that about so many different football players. And so to me, it's like, this is why it matters is Mahomes scored on every drive at the end of the game. And he, it like didn't really affect him. He used his legs. He ends up with 44 yards on that, like, you know, severely damaged ankle. He just, he finds a way to win. He still throws the three touchdown passes. So yeah, like I put it there. If you want to say one that you think is like the one that impresses you the most though, like I'm, I'm here to, I'm here for it. Uh, I mean, I think T.O. playing literally, oh, yeah. literally on the yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, uh, for me in the Super Bowl, Over 100 yards. Just, yeah, like I, like I get it. And again, all the all the guys that you mentioned, like Tiger Woods, it, it's a it's a one man show. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so for me, that as impressive as it is, like it's just him. Mm-hmm. He's dependent on him when you are playing in a position that you are de- a dependent, that's like a parent to a child who doesn't have a license, who doesn't have a job, who can't, you know, operate on their own, yeah. but they are just special. Like that's T.O. at receiver. For me, being dependent and when you get the opportunity, you you come up huge, massive, but your team loses. Like I couldn't ask anything more of so he's 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 there for me. Yeah, nine catches, one hundred and twenty-two against the Patriots <laughs> yeah. with a broken leg yeah. and a, and a torn yeah, ligament exactly. in his ankle. It's a great one. Like it, it's that if you want to make the case of the toughest performance by an athlete, that's up there. Like <laughs> that might be the one. You're right. They didn't win though, and that hurts him. But yeah, he played sixty-two out of the seventy-two offensive snaps in that game. He did. He did. And don't get me wrong. Like I love everything that Patrick Mahomes was able to do. I don't. I I don't go as far as saying that's one of the greatest performances mm-hmm. of an injured guy that I've seen. I don't go that far. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I I know what it's like to play injured and to go in that locker room mm-hmm. and come back out feeling like it's not even a thing. <laughs> but today, you think that happened? What, what like, do you think they did to it? What? Yeah, like do what? I think that happened. Yeah, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. What What do you think they did to it? They he, shoot it up? Like what? What uh, happens with something like that? Yeah, he 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 got that shot up. Like let's let's be, like he. There was no more of a limp. There was no more. It's like, look, man, you got the whole off season to to heal. Mm-hmm. This is Super Bowl on the line. We so you do that. You do that. You don't do that unless it is like the Super Bowl. And so for me, like even, but even with that, he, it was still very impressive. Like, again, I'm not taking away from what he did. Yeah. I'm just saying like in that situation as a quarterback, you're, you're given that luxury because it, you use that, but it's not make, it's not a deal breaker. Whereas if that's a running back or if that's a, a receiver, it's a deal breaker. Like yeah. you, you, you about can't finish. Yeah. Again, the T.O. one, he's so close because it was 24 to 21. That game came down to the wire. And if they do win that, then I think you're right that that one does end up being the the standard bearer for everything. Like it's right there going, hey, um, Woods was impressive. And you're right. It was all on him. But the idea of you having to take contact as a wide receiver and playing as physical as Terrell Owens did, and, and yes, doing that on a broken leg is, and with the torn ligaments, I think it would be one. What, is it, what does it feel like? 
getting that shot? Like, what what does Mahomes go through? Like, because it's just it's also hard to think about like moving around and having a numbed out foot when the position is all about footwork. Well, uh, first of all, I mean, it's just like going to the doctor and getting poke. <laughs> like, that's just what it is. But it, it just numbs everything. You don't feel it. I, I had it done for me um, on my AC joint. And for the rest of that game, I was like, oh, my God, I'm moving my shoulder in places that I didn't even know it could go. Yeah. And after the game in the following morning, when I woke up, my shoulder woke me up. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, remember me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is what you this is what you did on top of what I was telling you to not do. Like yeah. and I so today, after all that yeah. <laughs> he's probably in a booth. Yeah. I think he'll probably be in one for a little while now too. But okay. it's worth it, right? Like yeah, it, it, hell yeah. It's it, worth it. It worked out like you trade that. Yeah. I love, yeah, it's just, it's, of course it's worth it for him. Um, assuming like he's still going to be the same player moving forward, which I imagine that he will be. It doesn't, like until yeah. we hear otherwise, he'll be fine. But yeah, it's pretty crazy to think about making that decision. And just like, yeah, the, there's got to be a mental toughness though to knowing that the price is coming, right? Like that you're doing this and that like, there's not like a quiet moment, I guess, in a football game. You're in the huddle, you're the quarterback, you're talking the entire time. But just that one little split second where you go, oh, my God, this is going to hurt so much tomorrow. Yeah. Oof. yeah you don't think about that at all. Mm. You literally don't think about tomorrow at all. I'm a like, coward. I would. Like, I would. Oh, yeah, nah. <laughs> I'd be there I going like, oh, would. no. <laughs> I'd be standing there on the sideline when I was watching the defense going, oh, <laughs> this is going to be so bad. This is waiting for me. Okay, so what was the moment of the game for you? Um, so there was, for me, it, the, the, the punt return was huge. It, yeah, was, it was massive. massive. It was massive. Like, uh, because there was, there was moments in that game where I felt like, okay, as good as the Kansas city chiefs offenses looks, mm-hmm. they're not really putting up a ton of numbers. They're not, they're putting stress on that defense, but they were given practically 14 points. Um, and that's a credit to them. No doubt. I mean, Jalen Hurst just gave up one when he did the fumble or whatever. But that swing of of events, you mm-hmm. needed someone other than just Patrick Mahomes to make a play. In that second half, Travis Kelsey was kind of held in wrap um, in that second half. Three for, I think, 20, 21 yards. And other guys had to step up. But I don't know if it would have been enough without mm-hmm. that punt return. That punt return was kind of a, a a slow dagger, and then it forced then the Eagles to go and answer. And then the defense, I think that the second to their last drive where they had the three and out, the Kansas City Chiefs defense forces the three and out. Yeah, it was huge. They were asked, give me one stop. They mm-hmm. got the stop. Philly's defense could not get one stop. Very disappointing. Yeah, that, that's the next one is I, I gave a lot of credit to Andy Reid because, hey, it seemed like he made all the right adjustments in the second half. And uh, as much as Mahomes had that foot shot up and that he was moving a little bit way, or I should say way better than we expected him to in the second half, like the story of going into this game was all about the trenches, the trenches, the trenches. And 
Here you have an Eagles team that had 70 sacks this year, 70 against a quarterback who wasn't fully healthy and against an offensive line that everyone was kind of saying was just like a little tad overrated and no sacks like Hassan Reddick, one tackle. How did that happen? Look, they dug deep, man. I give that offensive line played their butts off and they got better once Patrick Mahomes went down with the injury again. Mm-hmm. Like Andrew Wiley, like I, I did this little battle royale deal with him and Hassan because I figured they would have him, you know, pass rushing against their weakest offensive lineman. He gave up nine sacks, fifty-three pressures, the most on their team. Yeah, he he was an anchor yesterday. He didn't move. He didn't give up anything. And when you see guys doing that, it's like you're talking amongst one another. Like, don't be the guy. Like we we're doing this with purpose, with an intention to win this game. If we hold up our end, we win. That's what they win in that game, believing, and they did just that. Yeah. How much credit does Reed get for it? Oh, he gets a ton of, he gets a ton of credit. Look, I, I think the job that they've done to retool that team, I don't even – it's to make it to where you can interchange guys like Kadarius Tony, like Sky mm-hmm. Moore – I don't think we understand the importance of that because the two touchdowns that we saw, those it's the same exact play ran by two different players with from opposite sides of the field. Mm-hmm. Like, but because they're interchangeable, like you run jet sweeps with both of them. They're impactful on the jet sweeps. You get guys who fit a role in that can, they can play other positions just like Juju, he's a kind of a glorified Kelsey, but mm-hmm. he's not as good as Kelsey. You know what I mean? But he mm-hmm. can then be that in intermediate tight end type body. Um, but it's things like that. You lean into what your guys do well, and you force the defense to defend it and defend it over and over again with presenting them different formation variations. That for me with Andy, what Andy Reid was able to do, he, Patrick Mahomes always had an outlet. They understood this is a great pass rush. We can't have our offensive line blocking forever. Mm-hmm. However, we have to have an answer. When they do get pressure or it appears that they're going to get pressure, we got to be able to get the ball out, and you're going to have this guy, this outlet, this setup. They did that very well, and they never allowed the pass rush to get to him. And at some point you become defeated as a pass rusher because it's like, I can't get home. I can't get home. And then you let up a little bit. And that's what I felt like happened in the second half when, you know, you, in your mind, you think, well, he's not going to run because he's hobbled. Mm -hmm. So that's, that then turns into a 22 yard scamper that essentially is the dagger. Yeah. I, I thought that there was definitely that, that they let him step up. They let him run. They, yeah, they, they didn't do a good enough job of making sure that he wasn't going to do that. I just, I still was shocked by it. I really thought that the Eagles defensive line, like based on the performances that we had seen, the way that we had seen Reddick fly around, that he was going to be able to do something greater. And you're right. Like the way I feel about the chiefs is the McKinnon Pacheco combination is really solid now. Like Pacheco runs hard, just fits that offense so much, gives them just a different dynamism than they've had with other runners. It's weird because, yeah, they took Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the first round and they take 
Pacheco in the seventh. And it's just yet another example of like, you can't do this anymore. Like you just can't take those backs in the first round, those luxury pieces. And then McKinnon like blocks well, receives it well, can run just a nice fit. Juju works well with their offense. If he stays healthy, it's like, you don't rely on him week to week the same way. Like when he was with the Steelers, Kelsey's a beast. What I think they need to hit on still is the the outside guy, right? The the guy that can really like push you and hurt you down the field. It worked in the one game against the Bengals with uh, Valdez Scantling, but he had like one chance in that game and he sort of blew it. And you went, oh, right. Like that's Valdez Scantling right there. Like not adjusting to the football on a deep route. The one thing that they kind of need him to do. But yeah, um, I like, I think that the offense is just, yeah, year over year, they're going to be able to replicate that formula that you're talking about, which is get the pieces that fit to that Andy Reid offense and continue to just dominate. There's just no way of stopping it when you have a quarterback that just like never misses that way. Okay. So um, the ref, the hold, what'd you think? Get it out of here. Come yeah, on, man. I know. Like, I'm a receiver. I'm a receiver. And, I, and, and again, you. don't get me wrong. I'm not the one that's going to say, oh, man, you can't make that call. I'm not saying that. What, I, what I am going to say is if you watch the play, Juju is behind the line of scrimmage the almost the entire play. Mm-hmm. Like, and so if you know anything about receivers and DBs, like you get that window of contact. Now you can you can't hold, you can't but it is a you see more holding and tugging and fighting and combating at the line of scrimmage at or behind the line of scrimmage because it is allowed. And so for him to be still behind the line of scrimmage, when even when he's breaking out into the route where the initial hold happens, like nobody's looking at him to get the ball in that moment. It's when he turns up field, then it's like they're isolated. They're on the they're on the left side of the field, and it's nobody else but those two. So it's mm-hmm. like the rest is like uh, I kind of got to call it. You know what I mean? So I just I didn't like the call because it all the majority of everything happened behind the line of scrimmage. Now, had they been downfield, okay, you're behind. You didn't even you didn't even release up the field. Like, you're behind the line of scrimmage the entire time. That's my issue with it. Yeah, it was a tough call. I I really wish the officials just got together and said, is this really going to be what decides this game? And pick up the flag. That's that's kind of what, 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 what sucks about it is because all game, it's okay. It's a great game. I felt like they missed the call on. The uh, the Indomitian Sioux hands to the face. Yeah, it was clearly underneath his face mask. He had the jersey, um, but again, you miss those type of calls. Yeah, they missed one on Juju earlier in the game on a second down and nine. He got like he got yep. actually I think it was third down and he got mugged yep, and they missed it. Yep. Yeah, and they missed that. I think it's I don't care what you say when you miss the call and you and it, and it happens to be the same player. Yeah the likelihood of you missing it again is, or letting it go again, it's not, it's not that high. You're going to throw that flag. Yeah. I just especially hate it because to me, it steals from everybody, right? It steals from the Eagles. They are the biggest victims of a, a play like that because they don't get a chance to respond. But even for the chiefs where it's a spectacular performance, we want to celebrate Reed. We want to celebrate Mahomes. We just want to talk about the game. And then the officials have to come up. And it's it's been a, obviously a huge point of consternation for all these leagues, especially as like more money comes in on sports gambling, 
right? It's just more and more and more discussion about the refs and the script and the jokes. And it's like, this sucks. It sucked so bad that that ends up happening and that, yeah, Cheffers and his crew hit the, yeah, the pool report and just start saying like, nope, it was a hold. It was a good one. It was fine. And I don't blame Bradbury. I've said this already. Of course, he's going to say it was a hold because he's not going to be a poor sport and go in there and, you know, bitch and moan about the officials ruining the, the game. Like that's just an even worse look. So I thought kudos to him for owning it in a really difficult moment. But damn, I just, that that felt like it stole things from us. Um, okay, so you know I like my uh, my sneaky moments of the game that matter to me a little bit too much when it comes to body language and discussions. Mm-hmm. I have one for you again today. All right, give it to me. So, first half, um, there's that overturned catch, and Sirianni waves at the Chiefs. He's like, and he's like, come back down here. And yeah. And my karma brain went, that's bad. That's the coach. You're not playing in the game. You don't get to trash talk the players that way. And he did it. And I thought, well, luckily Mahomes is hurt because if he was healthy, this is going to be the karmic backlash in this game. Do you think that those chiefs players noticed him doing that? Do you think that mattered to me? It did. Zero percent. Damn it, Greg. <laughs> you usually back me on these. You usually back Zero me on these. Uh, no. 0%. And again, if you know Sirianni, he's that's just who he is. I he know. Is he's too fire. much. He's too and too much. I thought like, he had to learn his lesson a little bit. No, like, you, you got to chill out. He's not too much. Not mm. at all, man. You got to be who you are. As long as it's who you are 100% of the time, which that is who he is 100% of the time, shoot, you can't be anything other than that. I hate it. So be that. When he's doing the, like, the the bicep locks, like, where he's doing the just, like, he's running up and down the sideline, bicep locking with the other coaches, talking trash. I'm like, dude, you just, you can't. I just, you can't be doing, I guess you're right. It is who you are. But to me, that does come with a risk of you just, like, pissing other people off. And it just is cringe when you lose. Yeah, I think we've just been so, like, conditioned to, Mm to have guys, like, win or have success with with a grace yeah <laughs> it's like yeah don't don't do anything like that like that's who Jalen hurts is mm-hmm. which is why it's like hey that's who you're gonna get 100 percent of the time his post-game interview even yesterday was like yeah i mean i know what i'll do after, with this loss like mm-hmm. i'm gonna take from it go from it that's who he is like so when it's who you are it's it's real I don't think it 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 comes off any different than the fact that that's just who he is. He's a fiery guy, and I've noticed that all season long. Win, lose, draw, he's been that guy on the sideline every single game. Okay, so last one about this game to me. Do you think the NFL in the off season tries to get rid of the pushing the quarterback in the back play? Um, push, as far as. Yeah, like have a rule, like you cannot just have this play somehow where they get rid. It's weird because clearly guys push their running backs. Yeah, like the Jalen Hurts push QB sneak. Yeah, just the QB sneak push play because it just, there's, it it feels so inevitable now that you can get that yard. And I know that's also Jalen Hurts, right? He's like, I don't know, the best, the second best athlete at the position in the NFL, the third at worst, like it's him, Lamar, and it's Josh Allen, but he's more powerful than Lamar. 
Um, and like that lower body starts getting churning and you go, this is done. Like he takes one step and then there's two guys behind him shoving him over the line. And yeah, it just, it, it's taken away, a it's taken away like a question mark. I, I don't know how many times they got it this year. I can't imagine that they ever missed it on a yard or less. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't mind it because hmm. at the end of the day, like the defense can do the same thing. Like they can get behind their players and push them. They do it on field goals. They do it on extra points. Hmm. Like, so you can do it. It's just at what expense, at what risk, right? So if they if they think they're going to do it and they release one of these guys that's supposedly a pusher, in the flat and you got your guys pushing now you just gave up an easy touchdown because it's it's fair game in my opinion all right i hate it i don't know why it's for me for me the eagles and that offensive line they just executed it to a perfect yeah 100 percent. and there there is a part of me that goes maybe i'm overdoing it because if it's so easy why doesn't every team do it as well as they do like it clearly is the combination of the offensive line and the quarterback. It just, I hate feeling like a play is predetermined in sports where it's like just completely inevitable and not inevitable where like when I was a kid watching Michael Jordan, where I went, he's going to score, you know, under like a minute left and he's going to win this game. It's like, no, he still had to go out and do it. When the Eagles run that play, it, it is inevitable. It's done. <laughs> There's so many, t- even in the game where people were criticizing Andy Reid, saying, Hey, the difference in this one is one coach goes for it and the other one doesn't on fourth down. I went, yeah. One team is designed better than any team in the NFL for that, uh, even more than Mahomes. So I, I can't really judge them on the same spectrum when it comes to this. Um, anyway, ah, I don't know. Maybe I'm being too harsh, but I don't want to see it anymore. They get rid of it. I'm fine with it. Uh, Greg Jennings, it hurts my feelings you didn't back me on my karma play. It's the first time you've ever done that. I'll accept it. Thanks for doing this all year, man. This is really fun. Absolutely, man. Take care, bud. Greg Jennings, Pro Bowl and Super Bowl winning wide receiver. Um, I stand by it. Karma matters. Sirianni was too much. All right. <laughs> he was. It was too much. You died on that hill. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay. This is what I thought of. I thought of John Herdman. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Crossed my mind as well. Yeah. Where I Enticing went. Enticing Croatia. Yeah. You, you just, when you you're on that? that stage and it's the first time. Yeah. He says this is nothing. He played in Super Bowl. He got two touchdown passes, so it's hard to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's hard to say Greg yeah. is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. We, we, like anyone in this I, room can't. I made really. enough to admit that it hurt a lot. That when he said zero percent, he didn't give you one. No wiggle room. He didn't yeah. even say like it's no. a small possibility. Yeah, maybe. No. no, but here's what I will say. For him, probably you know, seeing someone be themselves, and I like it when guys are. I don't want Sirianni to change. And but if I was an Eagles fan, it would rub me a little bit the wrong way when you're looking at all the reasons why we lost. Yeah. You're looking at the call. Yeah. No, Joe, that finally was, happening for you. Was... Puberty. <laughs> I shouldn't have reacted. I should have just Young let you keep Joe. talking. Young yeah. Joe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was there for MJ. I like yeah. being here. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, I just, through, as somebody who bet the Chiefs, but I think anybody who knows me is like, I bet a bunch of stuff. I got multiple rooting interests in a game like that. The mm-hmm. Chiefs lost. I wouldn't have been overly upset. Yeah. I wasn't necessarily rooting super hard for them. I think that if anything, the thing I was rooting hardest for was Andy Reid. I just mm-hmm. knew how it was going to go if he was one in three in Super Bowls and the way that, like, I was getting tweets in the first half from people going, Are we sure Andy Reid is good? I'm like, Oh, God damn it. Why do we have to do this? Yeah. But. I like Andy Reid. I think he's a cool figure in the NFL. 
Yeah. And I didn't want him to lose to Sirianni. That was the one moment where I went, ugh, don't let Andy Reid lose to this mm. guy. <laughs> He's doing too much. The rah-rah. Character battle. Yeah. I, you like the rah-rah coach when it's your team, right? Yeah. When it's your team, like I like John Herdman in Canada soccer. When he's going nuts, when Canada mm-hmm. does stuff and you're winning, yeah, that's awesome having that dude out there who just sticks, you know, his neck yeah. out and isn't afraid to say things. And you go, hell yes, because <laughs> I'm feeling this too, coach. And I love a coach that's passionate. Don't get me wrong. I don't yeah. want to have the like, Belichick lame, right? Like <laughs> no emotion to it. That's why we all love when we see Belichick talk about Ed Reed. Mm. because it's cool seeing him actually look like he cares about something or be passionate about the game for a second. Yeah. I like that. Mm -hmm. But when you're opposing that coach and yeah, they're running down the sidelines and they're just, yeah, it was just, I just felt like that was the moment where I went and he waved them down and then it wasn't, I was like, yeah. Well, there was the video from earlier in the season when he ran down the sideline and the ref was telling him to like move back. And he's like, I know who I am. Just saying, I watch a lot of sports. And <laughs> I noted that. I wrote it right down. I went, that's a karmic bad no-no. Well, especially if they lose, too, <laughs> yeah. like John Herdman. That's a, that's a no-no. Anyway, yeah. quick break. Let's come back. Let's hit what we missed from the weekend. Sportsnet 590, the fan. See, I know it's a good Super Bowl halftime show because that... I, like, I want to let that run for a little while. Yeah. I want to listen to the song now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I... Maybe this is just an ignorant take. Hmm. But <laughs> what a way to that's, that's a well, I just I hadn't I've never thought about Rihanna's entire catalog before. Oh yeah. Like mm-hmm. I think when someone's like, Oh, do you like Rihanna? My first thought is Umbrella. Yeah, true. I go, Oh, Umbrella. That's a good song. What's your favorite Rihanna song? Rihanna. I keep I have to call her Rihanna. Because my friend's from Barbados and that's how you actually say her name. He's been hammering me about it. <laughs> so I have to keep remembering to say Rihanna or else I'm gonna get into a lot of trouble with him. Just keep it short. Go re re. Yeah. Uh, or re re. I would say nobody cares what you just say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to ask what your favorite song is, man. I know. I, I, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if I, like, mm. I would say that, like, my favorite song involving her was All the Lights. Oh, true. Yeah. But that's not her song. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I'd have to think about that. But yesterday, I just, it, it's super impressive when you go through that many songs and every single one of them, I'm like, damn. Yeah. You're like, oh, song. this one's good too. Yeah. That's a, yeah. That's a really good song. I was that like, might I'm, be my favorite though. Umbrella? No, hopeless place. Um, Loving a hopeless place. That that one is damn good. That's really good. Like that hits, and you're like, mm, my feelings. It's good. <laughs> kind of makes you want to move still too. It's good. That's we're kind of dancing here a little. I was yeah, at there. my buddy's place. Like, and we had a Super Bowl prop sheet, yeah. and the number on Rihanna songs was eight and a half. And yeah. so I sat down and thought about it, and was like, oh, she's gonna blow over that. She just got hit after hit. Yeah. How many did she do? Oh, you know? I, I mean, we she stopped did like thirteen yeah, or fourteen. We stopped yeah. counting at like eleven. Say, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's too low. That's too <laughs> eight and a half eight is too low for me. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. It took like three seconds. I was kind of like, oh, wait, that's a banger, that's a banger, but that's, that's it. a banger. In my, in my mind, I wouldn't have been able to do that. I'm not a big enough Rihanna fan to have just like, like I've, obviously I've never listened to Rihanna on my own. It's like that's something <laughs> that comes on out of the radio or in a bar. And that's when I hear it. Your Spotify wrapped isn't just no, like. No, it's not. Rihanna. It's, yeah, exactly. I have Rihanna in mind. I'm not going to lie. That's yeah, good. No. Yeah, I do. Well, you're the only one who hit that bet. That's true. Yeah. I better have my money as the first song. Yeah. Yeah. Way to really go. random bet. Again, I know, I our show one. did great minus Pete, who is like, again, <laughs> Pete, Pete is the only guy on our show that works on SN Bets. And he's, he's, I think he's the worst sports better I've ever met in my entire life. Like he's I've a met mush. a couple bad ones. No, but. dude, he is a nightmare. Like, <laughs> and, and the, the worst part is he came into the studio on Friday 
And I'm like, done. I got all my bets in. Mm-hmm. And he starts doing the like, and the first kick of the game. And this is the whole theory behind this. And I bit it hook, line, and sinker. And Pete forgets, like, I bet way more than he does. <laughs> yeah. He puts like, and yeah, that's fine. I, this is not, I'm not, I never bet shame. Okay. Like, that's yeah. lame. That's so lame. People bet what you want to bet. That's yeah. one of my it's your like, money. number it's your one tenets yeah, yeah, yeah. to gambling is yeah. like, if you get the thrill from a dollar, great. Mm-hmm. Like, it was funny. My mom had a dollar on Philly. Nice. And I had lots more <laughs> on the Chiefs, but I kind of wanted her to win. There was like about. a small part of me that went, I hope she wins her dollar. Yeah. Like it will weirdly mean more what to her. What was the return then on that? I don't know, dude. It was probably, she probably, I don't even know what she bet. She just said, I have a dollar on Philly. I went, that's awesome. But also, <laughs> I, this cool. slippery slope. My mom, you know, she's she's one that she'll, she'll slow down a little bit of gambling. We got that in our blood, right? So I was kind of like. <laughs> the Vonka's blood. I was like, yeah, let's get rid of that one. No, no. <laughs> Oh, she's got the Irish size, so ah. she's like the Wayland size. Like, mm. no, 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 that size is like, yeah, they, that size has been known to hit a casino or two, right? <laughs> or two, yeah. So it's kind of who taught you how to do this? <laughs> yeah, it's this curve. Let's nip this in the bud. Anyway, um, wish she won. Mm-hmm. Sad in a weird way that I won. Had lots, but yeah, Pete. Is she, is she better, uh, better, better than Pete? <laughs> yeah, of yeah. course. <laughs> Can't be worse. No, genuinely, Pete yeah. is the worst sports better I've Pete, ever met in my entire life. Thing. And it's funny too, because like all he ever does is like the same bets. Like, and then he tries to play it off where he takes long shots, but it's like, no man, he misses on everything. Anyway, um, what did we miss? Well, say, okay, so quick thought on prop bets. By the way, yeah. You see, like the anthem over under, like Vegas hit it within the second. Yeah, it was. What was it? One fifty nine. What? Like how? But that's the easiest I know that one Vegas where they get. Is always right. But yeah, so what? They just like timed out someone slowly singing the No, they, they probably are just able to get information even from the rehearsals. Saw rehearsals? Oh. Yeah. No, they, they have must to. Have. Yeah, they no, must no. have. Snakes. Guessing it to the second is no, like... No, they do. But it's always like that. It's always like that. They always have it nailed down. I feel like the... If, I bet you if we went through the stats of, hey, what's the most it's ever gone over or under, it's yeah. probably like within... A couple seconds. Yeah, within yeah. 10 seconds guaranteed. Maybe even less than ten. What? That's a lot. Yeah, though. probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Pulse. It's also the anthem. Like, it's kind of hard not to get at least close. <laughs> like, how long do you have to hold notes for, or how quick do you? Just oh, rip through. Yeah. How long do you have to hold them? Yeah. You get Eminem to do it, and he shows off how fast he can rap. <laughs> it's like forty-one seconds. Like yeah. what? Yeah. Exactly. All right. All right. So what do we miss? So the Super Bowl trophy. Yeah. And the first interview at the end of the game yeah. always goes to the owner first. Agree. I think it's terrible. I think that hockey's the only sport that gets it nerds. right. People people are talking about it. You said you wanted to share some thoughts on the glory and the trophy and the interview going to the owner first. Okay. I just this is the thing. There's there's you can there's certain things that are just such hardcore sports media tropes. That you just wait for the people to roll out their take because it's just a populist take and people are like, yeah. But really, it's just who cares? Um, there's different traditions in different sports. Mm-hmm. So in hockey, it's a huge, heavy cup. It makes sense to let the big, strong player try to lift the big, huge trophy. It's aesthetically pleasing. It's a completely different grind where you're playing way more games mm-hmm. and it just feels right having the captain of a team lift the trophy and it's our traditions, all we've ever known. I don't understand why people feel like it would be so much more gratifying watching football where 
Patrick Mahomes goes up and grabs it. Like, does it feel less to you? I think it's a trope. I think that people do it because it's a populist take and they just do it for a cheap pop. It's like when a wrestler shows up in a hometown and is like, hello, St. Louis. They're like, <laughs> they know who you are. That's all any broadcaster <laughs> or sports affiliated person is doing when it comes to like touch the trophy first. It's simplistic. It's lame. It's cheap. I don't care about it. Whenever I see it, I kind of cringe and go like, this is the best take you can kind of have from this game. Like, that's what you got for me is touch the trophy first. And I don't mind that the person mm -hmm. who spent, you know, millions and millions and millions of dollars on the roster and is taking care of like everything when it comes to the facilities and paying, like they're footing the bill, yeah. gets to touch the thing that they paid for, which is like the ultimate prize and that they get interviewed. I don't know why people are against that. If the owner gets it done, like, what do we always say in sports? Ownership matters. Ownership matters. Ownership matters. And then all of a sudden the trophy comes up and people go, ah, oh, the owner shouldn't touch it. Like, shut up. <laughs> shut up. It's so lame. Let's stop doing this. It's got to get, it's got to go. The owner touching the trophy talk has got to go. <laughs> so I kind of, the trophy thing even is the thing that I'm bothered by the less or the least. I hate that we just have to hear this schlub talk first. But no one's going to wait if they, it's like you have to put them first because it's like Mahomes and Andy Reid go first and then the owner starts talking. You're going to go goodbye. Yeah, yeah but that's cool. That's, that's when you do, that's when you throw to Gordon Ramsay's show about the no, level that was, chef. Wasn't that know? a hard pivot? <laughs> yeah, that it was, was like, went from you're the watching Super Bowl, the Super Bowl and it's like, whoa, that was so intense. And it's like, <laughs> and I'm Gordon Ramsay. Here's is my thirty-fifth show on cooking. Was he at the game? He was at the Super Bowl, wasn't he? Who cares? Anyway, uh, just say it. I so thought he was I, When you know Hunt is the owner, the Chiefs owner, he came yeah. out and he was like, "And we couldn't have got it done without Andy Reid." And I was like, "Yeah, thanks, thanks for that insight." <laughs> but couldn't that's fine. Got it done I, I, without the coach, dude. If you're a billionaire sports owner, you want I, this is one oh one. You want to own a team because then people know who you are. I've said this to people over and over and over again. Name me the billionaires who are not. The richest in the world mm -hmm. or, sport, or sports owners. You can't do it. People have no idea. Yeah. They're like, uh, pass, <laughs> pass, Some pass. Guy. They have no idea who has money. The whole reason you do this is so that owners feel um, like they can be known. Yeah. And this is a good thing because you want pressure on ownership groups to spend more money and to make sure that your organization is a world-class organization. Like it runs better. If you have an owner who's like not known or completely just blind to the public, or the public is blind to the owner, mm -hmm. there's less pressure on them. One of the impetuses for them to spend the money and to make sure everything is done properly is that they will be hated otherwise. Yeah. And very few people can sustain that level of hate from the public over those teams. Like, Howard Schultz sold the Sonics. <laughs> like, that guy was it owned Starbucks. Yeah. And he just kind of was like, you know what? I'm out on this. I, I, one, I want to make the money. I'm a businessman, but I don't want to be disliked. And no, I, I'm over this. Yep. Good. It hurt me. But I'm just saying that what you want to have are owners who care and owners who are invested. And so if it means two seconds of an owner getting to talk and touch the trophy first, that matters. So anyway, I hope that... I think it's the, pretty overblown. People make a hey, way bigger deal out of it than it needs like to I be. Like I said, it's a cheap pop. Yeah. It's a cheap pop. And it's kind of a cringy move. Yeah. So sorry to any broadcasters that did it. 
because I'm sure there were many. I don't. I didn't see any. Also, I mean, like I, I, I hate it. So yeah, I, I, I don't like it. But then again, it's not as much of a thing. Where it. it's like I, get I don't mad mind not liking it. it. But I think it's such a feign outrage take to be like in the Stanley Cup. They do. It's yeah, like, like such a people lame go on Twitter Canadian and act thing. like like actually like outrage like emotionally. But only hurt. Canadians because again, it's a Stanley Cup thing. Yeah. It's a Stanley Cup thing. I like the soccer trophy thing where they time the confetti yeah, cool. cannons where that's they sweet. Win well, the that's why. Like, up. I grew up watching a lot Sick. of hockey and soccer, so my bias is that I want the players to judge it first. But then, like, when I actually step back and think about it, I'm like, dude, like, who cares? You think like, one who cares? player? You think Patrick Mahomes for even a second is like offended? I wish I got to touch it. For, like, you think it would matter? A, yeah. Like a one iota more to him? Again, it's just, it's just to me. It's a boring sports take. That's all. I just think that it's, it's just lazy. Overdone. It's overdone. Yeah, it's lazy. Point. It's overdone. How about mm-hmm. the soccer thing where like the losing team has to go up and get like second place medals and then walk past the trophy? <laughs> yeah, I, you, know what I'd like, you know what I'd like the to Eagles see though? The Eagles have to walk past the Super Bowl trophy. On I, the I'd like to see a collection of like sports media people that do it every year. You well, know, like, like make that take. Yeah, like have that. Like if you look at every Super Bowl where it's like, I bet you there's like some fans. I bet you there's there? a ton of people. That do it every year. It's just a schedule. Yeah, they might. They might yeah, hundred percent. Anyways, what's next? So UFC 284 was on the weekend, of course. Mm-hmm. The pound for pound one versus two. Volkanovski against Islamhachev. Mahachev wins. Mm-hmm. It was a very close fight. Some people claims they had it. You know, Volk going three two, but ultimately it was Islam three two. Mm-hmm. I do agree with the decision. I don't disagree with it. Uh, Volk stock went up. You're really editorializing on this one, but okay, yeah. There's a lot of editorializing about you here like, on this site. You've given me like three takes in this. Yeah, sorry. That okay. was... Here's, of, here's what I'll say about this. A lot this. of information going on. Yeah, I know. On. You were like, oh, Volkstock went up, and I thought he won the second round. I have a lot of thoughts on it, so my brain just started flowing. I'm like, what's the story here? What's the question? Here's what I'm going to say about this. Uh, I have not forgotten about the UFC. Um, 284. I'm just... I'm taping an interview with Ariel tonight, mm-hmm. and... Yeah. yeah, Ariel and I are going to go long and break down everything from two, 284. I have some other stuff that I'm going to do with Helwani. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to save my UFC mm-hmm. talk for tomorrow's show because, yeah, I'd, I'd rather do it with Ariel long form than short form. But mm-hmm. uh, it's good to know that that's what you thought. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I was, I was like, like lo- looking at my notes, and then yeah. all of a sudden, like all the memories started coming yeah, back, and I was like, Volk is love. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'll do, I'll do a lot of UFC tomorrow. What's Tune next? in, everyone. Uh, umpire Joe West mm-hmm. seemingly was uh, caught trying to make edits to his Wikipedia page. Yeah. The whole story is hilarious. A username Crew Chief 22 I mean, mm-hmm. we were speaking about uh, referees that think they're the show mm-hmm. earlier, and I mean, no one was better than watching, Cowboy Joe. Watching him sign autographs in his retirement tour <laughs> oh, was... Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was wild. Anyway, like, Google the story. It's insane. He's now trying to... Or he threatened to sue Wikipedia for... We're not allowing him to make edits to his Wikipedia page. Anyway, the question I was thinking out of this is, what's something that people think about you that you'd like to rec- uh, set the record straight on? Ooh. Hmm. I think they've kind of got it right, the haters. <laughs> <laughs> you're just taking it all, you're they accepting it? Nail it. it. Yeah, they're pretty good at nailing Scrolling it. through your tweets like, mm, good point, another good point. No. Uh, <laughs> oh, good one, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of an open book on here. I don't really know what there is, if there's a thing that necessarily uh, I would set the record straight on. I was thinking about how if I, like, I empathize with Joe West here because if I had a Wikipedia page of note, <laughs> then I would be making sure the record mm-hmm. was straight. Like, I'd be, he's crew be chief 22. I'd be pod host <laughs> 0101. <laughs> well, he also... On there making sure. On the edit thing, he signed his name, yeah. too. He didn't even bother to make it, like... Hidden. Uh, Just signed Joe West. 
I, don't, I think that if there's anything, it's just simply, if you're going to be, there's almost like a confusion of what people think I do sometimes. That's the frustrating one where they go, you're a journalist, you do, or this is bad reporting or no, you have a take on like I'm, I'm paid to have a take on many things mm-hmm. and I do that naturally. Like I watch stuff and I have an opinion on stuff. I'm very opinionated. Yeah. I think in general in society, no one really wants to be around the person who's opinionated about every single thing. Mm, true. So if you're listening to my show all the time and you're a hater and you're going, oh, I don't like your take on this, or I get that message from people sometimes. They'll be like, I don't agree with you on everything. I'm like, you shouldn't. <laughs> That's the fun <laughs> of sports. It's opinion. It's an yeah. opinion show. So yeah, I'm not a reporter. I'm not a journalist. Um, yeah, every once in a while I try to, I think I do a lot more stuff tongue in cheek, I guess maybe than people realize. I'm not doing it for like clickbait mm-hmm. or trying to, but I'm, I'm trying to be a little facetious with some things and that doesn't always translate. True. So that maybe, but I can't think of like a specific example. So, Even uh, like, yeah, every once in a while, you'll just shoot something out there and go, you'll say something just to be a little fun because that's the point of sports is like, you're supposed to use a little hyperbole. Yeah. And so when people go, that's exaggerated, you go, yeah, that's yeah. the fun. Yeah. Um, also, when people do the, um, well, you're the, uh, here comes the armchair general manager, or like you think you know more than Masai stuff. It's like if the, if the qualification for entry on discussing sports is you have to know more than Masai Ujiri, then guess who in the city gets to have an opinion <laughs> on the rap? Masai Ujiri. <laughs> like, like, and also I kind of think that's funny when people go, oh, look at this armchair GM having an opinion. It's like, well, like, I don't really actually believe my opinion matters more than yours. Yeah. But it's certainly more educated. <laughs> I certainly put in like infinite more hours into my craft than the average sports fan does into watching the Raptors yeah. or like paying attention to the Raptor stuff. You know how many more people I talk to and, you know, get to converse with or how much of the day this occupies versus somebody else who just sits down and watches the Raptors game and tweets mm-hmm. and i'm using the raptors a specific one just because the deadline did happen and i thought that was the pushback but you'll get this come nhl deadline where people go you think you know more than kyle dubas go what's the point of that take so <laughs> this isn't really so much of the record straight one but no one who comes up here and gives opinions i guess is trying to say that they know more than somebody it's or just that like their better. opinion yeah. yeah it's a sports opinion to me that was always the fun is having your opinion on sport being having a dissenting opinion, looking mm-hmm. at things from multitude of angles. Also, if it was a science, then we would conclusively get the best winner every year. Like, I think it's kind of dumb to feel so. Well, that's the part of sports is you have a take yeah. and you people disagree with it, then and you can debate it, and you're just yeah. I think I've said this before, but old takes exposed or freezing takes exposed used to be really fun. Yeah, because you would laugh and go, "Oh my god, that that's Can't a big miss. That. that sucks. That <laughs> yeah. sucks that you missed this." But now there's a weird thing of people go like, "That didn't age well," or like, "Hey, at freezing takes," because they yeah, want it to tagging. be like, oh. yeah, because oh. they want it to be like you're ashamed, and yeah. you go, "Why would I ever be ashamed gonna, of getting a sports take wrong?" We're gonna publicly shame you for getting something wrong three years, but ago. for sports, yeah. and I go, I couldn't care less about being wrong. In fact, there's a lot of times where I go, oh man, that's so funny. I, again, one of my favorite things that I used to think was, I remember I thought Damian Lillard, like there was like four guys, I think it was like Thomas Robinson in that draft. And I was like, man, Thomas Robinson. There was just <laughs> multiple guys, Damian Lillard. I was like, Weber, Weber State. Damian, like, Damian what is this guy going to do? I was like, Weber State, he's like a hundred? No way, this is going to work out. Yeah, I love that stuff. I love being wrong. Anyway, uh, we got to run. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave five stars. Again, Spotify and iTunes always helps me out. Uh, And we will catch you tomorrow with... Who's on? Ariel Hawani and Justin Borden Studio. See you then.